Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco, and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 32. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, a topic of the week brought to you by Marco, and then we're going to be reviewing the thriller-slash-horror film, The Vault. But before we go any further, we actually do have a guest today. Yes, we do. And that is Jonathan Ring, my brother. Hey guys, how's it going? Not bad, actually. Uh, so, John, you are an avid fan of the podcast. Thank you for your support. Um, we always get a lot of feedback from you. And actually, you have bought half of Nabil's equipment. So That is very true. So, actually, thank you producer, so much for your investment. Yeah, makes me a producer. <laughs> Something like that. Um, part owner. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, interests in movies and television? I watch everything from mystery to superhero tv shows anything that basically captivates my interest and actually i want to keep watching it over and over but uh nice. not not too much of an average tv watcher to the point but movie wise i mean you're the only one i watch movies with most so of no, the not not much of a binger not you know what uh the wife is not me oh okay okay so. not bad let's go move right into it then guys on what we've been watching All right, Marco. So let's start with you here, since uh, John's our guest. Uh, what have you been watching? Man, it's been a while since I've been first. But it has I, been actually. I'm yeah, the same thing. I'm so used to like you and a bill being first. But I actually saw a movie that I forgot to mention in the last episode. But I'm kind of glad I did because now I can mention it here. Okay. And it's actually one that you saw, James, and recommended. I saw Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Nice. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was smart. It was great. Uh, it had great social commentary. And the performances and the acting were just spot on. I Adam Driver, to see him actually be funny, because I, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where he's been... I think I've only seen him as Kylo Ren. <laughs> really? really? Yeah. Inside uh, Lewin Davis, check him out. He's pretty good in that too. Yeah, I want to see some of his other work because I, I do think he's a talented actor, and it was great to kind of see him play uh, a different character in this movie. And Midnight uh, Special, Midnight Special. You know, okay, you know what? I did see him. I in was that. like, don't yeah, mind me. Okay, so yes, I did see him in that. <laughs> but he was more of his. That was also more of like a serious it role. Is. Yeah, this was more kind of quirky, which uh, it it worked, and I thought that. He filled the role just great. Uh, John David Don, John David Washington, God, I'm botching his name, who is uh, Denzel Washington's son that James also mentioned when he brought up this movie, was also great. And I've seen him in the first four seasons of Ballers, and he's been great in that show on HBO, but it was good to see him play a different role as well. And man, there were there were times where you'd see some inklings of his father in there, like oh, certain, there's a couple, yeah, certain there's facial expressions, um, the way he said, you know, certain words, and I was like, oh, chip off the shoulder. <laughs> but <laughs> overall, um, I do agree it's one of Spike Lee's best movies, and 
I also enjoyed Inside Man, which I know James mentioned last time that it was probably one of Spike Lee's best since this movie, which I also agree with. But I think this movie is very powerful, and it's something that, especially in our time, people should see. Um, I did see kind of... It wasn't an issue for me, but I could see how it could be an issue for some people, how the ending... There were kind of three endings, but I, I read up a little bit on it and why Spike Lee did it, and it made a lot of sense that there were certain events that occurred near the end of the filming that he saw, that Spike Lee saw were relevant and just said, I, I can't not include it in this movie. And I, I'm trying not to spoil the movie right now, but I do see some some meta connections between the ending and certain characters of the movie that make these endings make sense. And kind of to, to not spoil them, it, it's almost like how James said, where there's like a Hollywood ending, then there's a slight realistic ending right after that, and then it's, boom, well, this is the true reality we're really living in now. Yeah. And I felt that it, it just kind of fit perfectly, and it was woven in a way to where we could see what we expect in movies, what we as versus what we expect in real life. Um, the, the theater when I left, I saw this movie with my brother and with uh, with my niece, and it was it was kind of this weird, awkward silence. Silence, right? Yeah. But I felt really? that it was necessary, and wow. I think that this movie fits into what like James and I are calling the the trio of movies that need to be seen this year, which includes. Blind Spotting, Black Klansman, and uh, Sorry to Bother You, yeah. oh, wow. and that's that's actually the order in which I th I think they rank. I, I it's Black Klansman is actually directly below Blind Spotting. It's like immediately right because I think that these movies are just great and relevant to our times, and they're one of those movies that I think will stand the test of time as um, movies that define our era so to speak. And that's, I mean, it's my opinion, but if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, definitely do. I think it's still out in theaters. If not, it's a definitely must rent. Um, if anything for, for the performances and the story alone, I think it's really great. Check it out. If you're into movies that are about, you know, real stories, uh, specifically under undercover policemen doing, you know, good work. Uh, I think it. I think it's great, and uh, yeah, I highly I, recommend it. I would. I would. I would love ha to have you guys come in and do a review of those three. I. You know what? It a would be pretty review. cool. Maybe like towards the end of the year when we kind yeah. of do, you know, movies uh, of the of this year that we've enjoyed. Maybe our top ten movies or something like that. It. It will probably be mentioned because I. I mean, we've we've talked about all three individually now, as like a. Um, like uh, what we've been watching section. So yeah. Yeah. eventually you, you'll hear more about it down the line. Especially, I'm pretty sure at least two of the, or at least one of them is going to be in one of our top 10. So Oh, absolutely. I, I can definitely see two of them. Uh, as much as I liked Sorry to Bother You, the, the, the ending was a little messy. I see, I also read up why the director did what he did in that, but it was, it wasn't, it didn't translate as well for me. But I, I yeah. get it and I respect it and I still think it's a it's a solid movie. Oh, for sure. Um, but that's um, yeah, that's my opinion of Black Klansman. I, I like it. Other movie I've been watching, actually, it's not even a movie; it's a TV show. Okay. Um, is the new season of the Netflix original BoJack Horseman? It's I've heard a, good things. Yeah, I heard people talking about this show. I've seen. I've I've watched maybe like four or five episodes. I, I actually I think this is a show. People you, love you, this show. I think it's something you might enjoy, James. I know. I really think it's something you might it's enjoy. It's been on my queue, just like everything else. 
In fact, I was watching the first two episodes of season five, and I was thinking, man, James James would really enjoy it, especially this season, because it's just some of the jokes in there, they're very subtle and witty, but I think it's the type of humor that you would enjoy. Okay, maybe Um, it's it's going to be about two years though before he sees that. I know, right? He's got he's got a deluge of shows that he's got to get through. I got I got a stack of movies from five years ago. I'm still waiting to see. So I started season five, and this is also a show that I've mentioned previously on the pod. Uh, But just to recap, it's it's an animated show on Netflix. Uh, It stars Will Arnett as the character BoJack Horseman. It also stars uh, Allison Brie as Diane and Aaron Paul as the character Todd. It, it takes place in a world where animals and humans interact. There's talking animals. Yeah. Um, it really uh, pokes at the Hollywood lifestyle and Los Angeles lifestyle. And it's interesting to see how they're able to introduce talking animals and still make them work in this world. Yeah. Because each animal <laughs> has... Their animalistic characteristics, like dogs still fetch and their ears pop up when they get excited. Birds still fly and they eat seeds. The fish are still living in water. Like there's a, there's a scene where it's like uh, cow go moo. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene where like a car full of four fishes drives by and their car is filled with water, and it's just, it's just kind of stupid and funny at the same time. But in a nutshell, the show's about BoJack Horseman who is a washed-up actor from the 90s. He was in a type of full-house type of sitcom back in the 90s, and he had been out of work for a while, and now he's reintegrating himself back into Hollywood. But uh, it's it's very funny. It's self-aware. And season five is, again, uh, just exploring these characters deeper. They evolve in each season, which is one thing that I enjoy, is that each character grows in every season, and they reference things that have already happened. So it gets pretty dark too, right? It does. Yeah. It, it gets real, but it. What's that? How many episodes? Uh, I want to say each season is about, oh man, like 12, 13 episodes. Hour I could be each? wrong. There are thirty minutes. Oh, you can blow right through okay. them. Yeah, uh, you know what? There might be more episodes. Don't quote me on that, but I want to say it's about thirteen episodes. Okay, maybe more. Uh, definitely check it out. I want to say if you like shows like uh, Archer, Bob's Burgers, uh, things like that that are Love very them. adult-oriented, this yeah. might be something for you. Uh, give it a shot. It's on Netflix right now. So what about you, John? Well, I'm going to go uh, into our guest here. I'm going <laughs> to well, put him in the you. spotlight. What, what have you been watching? Well, uh, in honor of Nabil, um, haven't been watching too much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said, like, I've been watching this British drama. The bill's this, out on his sabbatical right now, so. I've been watching this, this really dry British seven, drama. Seven seasons, no one's heard of it, but it does really <laughs> well in Eastern Europe. It takes place in a castle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I've uh, been watching a couple things. Uh, 13 Reasons Why, season number two. Um, Ooh, good. See, look at we don't we don't get too much um, chick Chick, not even a chick. It's flick, not a chick right? flick. No, it's like the, a no, millennial. teen dramas. It, it, it's teen like drama. a teen drama, kind of more, I guess, modern drama. Yeah. And I've I've heard mixed reviews about the show. So, so okay, guys, without spoiling it, absolutely terrible. Um, season one <laughs> compared to season two, I think season one was you wanted to find out. It was almost a mystery. Season gotcha. two, public service announcement. I th- I isn't it like season one almost seems like it should have just been all of the show. And probably not continued. 
uh, yeah, they, they could have easily stopped at season one. Season two is definitely not needed. They're filling in blanks of what season one was, and a lot of it just, the storyline is just all over the place. You can tell if they're just milking it. They're totally milking it. And they're then like, you mentioned earlier uh, season three yeah, coming out? Yeah, season oh. three is coming out, by the yeah. way. I mean, I feel like this is a show that did really well, better than expectations, and they were like, we got to keep going. And, and I, the only reason I think season two did any well is that people just are interested because of the first season and they're just milking that money train. Yeah, it, it did well because it piqued the interest of many people and a lot, the majority, I want to say 60 to 70% of the opinions I've heard are negative because yeah, of the, the, the source material is not as accurate and that they take too many liberties with it and do not really translate it well as compared to reality. Well, we were talking earlier and... Um, they just they put way too many public service announcements in one episode or two episodes or in the entire season. See, and I hear they I mean, botch them, even even though that they're doing that. Because they, some shows they go to the extreme. That. Yeah, go to the extreme. That's what every heard. single yeah. one. And some of it's like, come like, on, what are they talking about? We're talking about bullying. We're talking about uh, gender issues. We're talking about just you know all the things that teens would go through. But they're like stuffing five in one kid. And the f- the first season deals with suicide exactly yeah and, th- and and that's still an issue and it um, is it's just one of those things that they keep dragging on uh, rape is another big issue and, and yeah and I hear that the majority of the time like these are important issues but they, I hear they just don't treat them well like they it's don't. just it's it's just not done in in the way it should be done that's just what I hear I know like Janelle really liked season one and she hasn't even made it through season two because it's so bad so. Yeah, uh, two episodes in, you know what you're getting yourself into, and oh, buddy. you you're just gonna finish it just to say you watched it. Oh, okay. So uh, other than that, though, uh, I know I'm late on this one. Breaking Bad. Ooh, I know. Nice. I know. So as I was telling you guys earlier, um, I don't know if it's my cup of tea. Season two, episode five. I mean, I'm kind of just trudging along. It's definitely a slow burn, and. Um, I wanted to mention this too, but I've I've recently restarted watching Breaking Bad. Did you start from season one though? Yes, but I will say this: the first time around, I saw the show, and I was uh, telling James this earlier. I kind of felt the same way, where it was kind of a little slow, and it wasn't did, until the end of season two, season three, where it really. But did it, you binge deep. watch it, or did you watch it week by week? I binged it. I binge watched it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I, I mean, I got in. I got in late to that series too. I think what is it? Six or seven seasons. Yeah. And it was right before the end, first part of the final season, when I was like, I should watch these. And, and I know it gets better because I mean, it definitely when, does. When me and James shared a room together back in the day, um, oh, I would no. our secrets. <laughs> I know. Hashtag <laughs> I was like, bunk bed. Whoa, um, lovers, what's going on here? Uh oh. <laughs> so, where are you guys from again? <laughs> <laughs> Alabama. Um, so no, I, I, I know, know. I know. Was it gets I watching better. that? You were, you were, and it gets better because I, I saw more action. But the you didn't warn me about like the first two seasons because it it's a slow burner. I actually, I mean, we talked about it too before the pod started. I didn't particularly like the first season or the second season. It wasn't until the third season I liked it. I think when you start getting used to the characters and kind of the how. Somebody's introduced to in the but beginning it, of season three that makes it just yeah. work out better. But there's it's so a game much, changer. There's so much out there right now to watch that I don't know if I want to. Sleep. It's a good payoff, though. It is. Yes, okay. I, I say definitely tough it out. 
it, because it, it is a great show overall. And when I got into it, I think season four or five had started and I heard so many good things about it. And there were some spoilery things that I, just, that were told to me that I was expecting yeah. that from the get go yeah, on season yeah. one and two. And I, I was, was like, like wait a minute, yeah. where's this? Where's that? <laughs> exactly. And I was like, oh, we haven't gotten there yet. But I will say this, going back and rewatching it after seeing the whole series through, it's a much better experience because you already know the outcome and you, you see certain it, things that are It's probably sort a of, good way to build it up too. Yeah, to you see point. things that are that are kind of mentioned or that they sort of draw reference to in later seasons back to the first season to draw comparison of how these characters and, have grown. And I totally want to watch it just because, I mean, you've been mentioning Better Call Saul. Saul. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that yes. show. Which uh, I'm going to mention on my watch. Yes, watch. actually, <laughs> you know what? If you watch this and immediately watch Better Call Saul, there are there's a reference from Better mm. Call Saul that that ties in this latest season of Better Call Saul that ties directly to the first three episodes. You know what's funny too? I almost think Better Call Saul almost is a better show. Well, it definitely it definitely has better pacing than I, I think uh, Vin, Vin, Vin Skillian. That's that, yeah, Vin yeah. Skillian, the creator. I think he learned from his experience with Breaking Bad and knew kind of how to restructure the the early beginnings of the character of I Saul, agree. aka yeah. Jimmy, yeah. to to make it draw you in from the get go. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then other than that, I've been watching uh, The Office. I know I've been uh, really late on that with uh, Stephen Carell, John Krasinski. Oh, yeah. you and me both. So. Oh yeah, uh, the I've wife actually, actually never finished it, so. all the. You've never seen it. I've seen episodes. I I was Same. in a Parks and Rec, so I saw every all, every episode of that. Okay, so Parks and Rec. I'm I'm gonna say this right now. Not as good. Um, Have you which seen one? Parks every and Rec episode or the of the Parks and Rec? No, Parks and Rec. Compared oh. to the Office, the Office is so much so much better. I I I think they're. They're two different shows, though. They, in they, a way. Have you seen all of Parks and Rec, though? I have not. Okay, because once again, Parks and Rec drastically changes after the first season. It does. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I started with the first season. That's so. probably one of the best shows I've ever it's, seen. It actually it evolves each season. Well, I, I mean, think. on Z Sansari, love Masters of None, by the yes. way. But, I mean. Oh, amazing show. I wish they did Parks and Rec with him. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Um, Wait, what I, do you mean? He is Well, yeah. Parks he is. No, as in like the main character. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he's he's a good supporting True. I, I think if once you blow past season one, Parks and Rec becomes, like like James said, a, a kind of like a different show. It becomes its own and it carries well. I still haven't finished that show. I need to. It, I left Parks, off on, like season well, Parks four. and Rec, the first season is almost an entire parody of The Office. It's an yes. offshoot yeah. of the same yeah. creators. Okay, I can see that. But after that, they they still use certain aspects of that show, but um, it becomes its own. So but, I mean, but come on, man. John, John Ralphio? Have you got a genre? Ralphio. If you watch The Office, though, the character development is amazing throughout the seasons. Okay. Oh, so. okay. I mean, did you finish it all, or have you... Um, we have, I say we, me and the wife, yeah. um, and you liked it though. She likes it a lot. I like it. It's great. Would I recommend you... it. I recommend it to anyone okay. who likes that dry slapstick humor. Well, that's good stuff, man. What about, uh, you James? What have you been watching over there? All right. So here we go. Um, I, fi- well, first off guys, just to let you know, cause it might sound old by the time you hear this, we are recording this a little bit early. We have some stuff coming up, so. That's why we're recording now. Yes, we are. I actually just woke up like two hours ago. Yeah. I mean, not just early. I mean, we're recording much earlier than we usually release (laughs) an episode. It's weird. Prepping for you guys. So basically, I watched the season finale of Castle Rock, which by the time you hear this, came out two weeks ago. Super jealous. I didn't... (laughs) 
I didn't particularly like the ending, just to let you know. Oh, man. I'm a, I was a bit disappointed. It felt like it was more of very much like a Stephen King novel, of just like an epilogue episode. Like all the action had happened kind of in the previous one, but without spoiling it. Oh, that's... Hmm. Yeah. Tell me how you feel about it when you watch it, Marco. Because they left a lot of... Op- like there's a lot of open-ended stuff that they left so do you just do you think that it didn't really give you enough closure for what it, it introduced? does and i read an interview afterwards where the um creators of the show left it ambiguous for a reason for okay. kind of up to you to decide what happened um it's a thinker it is a thinker but the show i guess might get a second season now really which kind of bums me out same. Yeah, because it, the whole time I was like, oh, it's a self-contained story. But at the huh. end, they leave so many questions that I was like, I don't know how I like this. I will say there is a mid credit scene, uh, which I would highly recommend you check out, obviously. Will do. Hints at perhaps what might be going on in the second season. But overall, I was kind of disappointed by the end. Oh, man, that kind, of, that kind of hurts me a little bit. Because <laughs> like you, I was hoping it was going to be self-contained similar to and i know i've mentioned this show a million times 11 because yeah. it worked so well just being a one-off shot like that and yeah i th- i think that specifically stephen king stories work better that way rather than being dragged on like i think that. so i mean i don't know if they're going to turn into like an anthology kind of series uh very much like american horror story but overall i was pretty disappointed um i've also i watched i've been catching up on better call saul so, did you watch this week's episode? I did. I think I did. Okay. Yes. Yes, I did. At this point, it would be from two weeks back. But No, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I had to think about it, because this week, for some reason, has felt like a long week. Plus, doing two pods in one week has yeah. really confused I me. Mean, yeah. I, I think... Monday. So. I, yeah, I yeah. mean, I think it's just because we saw the Predator, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yep, no, guys, we, look at that. Oh, wait, no, we... Look at that, spoiler alert. Yeah. This is the week we saw The Predator. Yeah, exactly. No, we recorded on Tuesday. Yeah, we actually did I Tuesday. saw Better Call Saul on Monday night. So, yes, After I have, I have seen the it. The Predator? <laughs> yeah, I, I had to kind of wash away uh, the stains of The Predator. Uh, kind of jumping on John's, um, what he's been watching. Better Call Saul has been perfect this season i think yes strongest season of it uh season four uh bob odenkirk does so well he's developing more and more as the character and you got to see this show yeah you know i i did mention that in in our last episode saying how they're doing much stronger connections to breaking bad and how they're closing um, the gap yeah how jimmy mcgill is like fully immersing himself into the character of, of saul goodman yeah on top of that I've also been watching the new animated show on Netflix called Disenchantment. This is a new, I wanted to check that out. A new show Same. from the Simpsons and Futurama creator Matt Groening. Uh, basically, it's about the medieval adventures of a hard-drinking princess, her feisty elf, and her personal demon. There's alcohol involved. I'm there. <laughs> yes. So Abby Jacobson plays the main character Bean. So she's from um, that show Broad City. Eric Andre is the demon Pendergrass, Nat Fakeson is Elfo, and John DiMaggio from every Simpsons and Futurama show. John DiMaggio! Yeah, it's King Zog. So basically, uh, critics and people have been shitting on this show. Um, I've heard that. I've heard mixed reviews about this show as well. But as a person that hasn't watched The Simpsons in like 10 years... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, I saw a lot of Futurama, but I haven't seen all of Futurama. 
I yeah, like I, I never show. I never got to finish Futurama, but I I think I've seen the first four or five seasons I don't, of it. True, I mean, I, I loved every episode yeah. of that. Yeah, I liked it. A lot of people, I think, look at some of these shows a little too critically, but I'm having a good time. I think it's super funny. Uh, the character of Bean, it's kind of nice to have like a female lead on these kind of cartoons. Yeah, because well, she's like a character that basically is could be a guy. Right, it doesn't really matter, but. Because, yeah, it could be about a hard-drinking prince, right? Exactly. But I, I kind of like that that turn, too, because they, they sort of started sharing the, the lead role in Futurama in later seasons where Leela became more and more prominent as well. And that I enjoyed sense. that, too. So I, it's good to see that Matt Groening has, you know, in, in a way, evolved along with, his sh- with the times in that aspect. I, I think I, I've stayed away, though, from the reviews. Because I, I know people just shit on the more adult cartoons nowadays because True. they all compare it to family guy south park even you know yeah they're all just trying to and compare I, it to i want to say this one definitely it was i mean I, I only have two more episodes and i'm on episode eight right now and it's i think it's funny man it's animation looks cool especially in 4k um of course it also look there's it's, a, it's much more adult than the simpsons and futurama like there's well, a, have you seen the simpsons recently though i mean are they doing shrooms and um they're not. But, I mean, I, I was actually. <laughs> I mean, from ten years ago, though, completely different. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I caught like half an episode, and I, I couldn't I caught, believe what I, I was watching. I caught an episode a couple years back with like Nabil because I know he was still watching it, and um, it, I mean, it's a lot more adult. This one, they do a lot of stuff that's funny. I've heard anything from it, it's good to it starts off uh kind of slow in the first few episodes yeah and then you, it's then not you a masterpiece no nope, yeah. not a masterpiece it's only 10 episodes right now oh wow and they're only like 25 minutes long each so why i haven't finished it yet i don't know just relax i'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> i get too much shit james, james is pulling well, me right is, now isn't it considered part one it's part it's the first half of it the other half i think is going to come out later in the year or next year could it have been one movie like one part one no movie? not at all Okay. Not it's, every episode is different, dude. Oh, okay. It's like it's an actual series. Like they could have released this every week, but it, it's it's a fun show. You know, it may help to release it in spurts like that with like little ten episode seasons or half seasons like I that. I think so too. Because uh, we've talked about this before, where a season goes on like 23, 24 episodes, and it's no, like, it's God, like, can you can fucking end fucking already? End? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm tired of this. Would you compare it to like a Rick and Morty? Yes, not as funny, obviously, but okay. close. I, I enjoyed it. I, I recommend checking out at least the first three episodes and figuring it out for yourself if you want to see it. It's on Netflix right now. It's a Netflix right. exclusive, so. Good stuff. All nice. right, so that's what we've been watching here, guys. Let's move on now to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. Okay, so this is my topic, and I wanted to choose something kind of general, movie-related, and I started to think about movie villains and how sometimes they can make or break the protagonist, and I wanted to choose a topic that discusses some of our favorite or just our general favorite villain of a movie that's not comic book-related. So that being said, my topic is... Who's your favorite villain or bad guy in a movie that doesn't come from a comic or Star Wars movie? And I think I'll start with James here and ask him, James, who is one of your or your favorite villain from a film? Okay, so first off, I actually like this topic. So 
because some movies don't have a strong uh, antagonist, as you guys will find out in about 20 minutes. Right. So and We're just fans of bad guys here. Okay. Yeah, we love the baddies. So mine is definitely going to be... I mean, there's so many good bad guys. The yeah. fact that we took out the Marvel movies, DC movies, and Star Wars limits us to, I guess, gr- more grounded villains. It, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah, right? I was like, <laughs> Scar? It, it really Scar from The Lion King? I don't know. God damn. Jaws. Yeah, hey, come on, man. OG. Yeah. OG. So mine is uh, Javier Bardem's character of Anton Chigger in No Country for Old Men. Well, we need to know what we're calling it for here. You need to call it. I can't call it for you. Well, it wouldn't be fair. I didn't put nothing up. Yes, you did. You've been putting it up your whole life. You just didn't know it. You know what date is on this coin? Nineteen It's been traveling twenty-two years to get here, and now it's here, and it's either heads or tails. The two thousand seven Coen Brothers film. That's such a good one. So this character is an assassin. First off, you don't know a lot about him at all. He has these monologues that are just these cold, dark, goddamn monologues where he's talking to people, and he even makes he makes every scene he's on, he steals the show. It's chilling. Because yeah. he's so calm, but you know so calm. something is coming. Um, absolutely evil. Uh, his hair is just disgusting. It's just this like <laughs> bowl cut. <laughs> reminiscent of fucking Harry and Lord from um, Dumb and Dumber kind of look. Uh, the dialogue is just crazy. He does these coin flips for people to figure out if you're going to live or die. The first 15 minutes of the movie, he's choking a dude out, and all you see, you don't, you see the killing happen, but you see the boots scratching into the yeah. wood floor, and it's just fucking it up. There's no music or score, and it's, it's just, just, it's a very it's just intense a and disturbing scene. What's his, like, emotionless face, too? Oh, yeah. Even when he gets in a car wreck where his bone's sticking out, he's just stone cold, like, I got this. Um, So, I mean, that is the definition of a villain to me. He's he kills I think he kills something like twelve people in the movie. It's debatable near the end, of course. Just perfect villain. That's the villain that I like the best. So it's just it's one that's could be. It's probably the Coen Brothers too, doing really well with it. I'd say it's their best villain in any of their films that I've seen so far. He's one of those villains that just as soon as he shows up, it's just game over. Yeah, I and it's not cheesy. It's not a villain that makes you. Not scared. I mean, I was. I'm terrified. He's in a scene where he's he shoots at. Um, oh, uh, Llewellyn. What's his name? Yeah, I think his, his, his name, name's like, Llewellyn. Yeah, Jesus Llewellyn. Christ. I think. So he's shooting at him. He jumps out a window and he's got that cow like thing that shoots the needle out and kills people instantly. Yeah, he uses it to open doors and just kill people like one hit in the head. So yeah, like blows up the lock cylinder. Yeah, so it's yeah. fucking crazy. And he's got well, that, that shotgun, shotgun silencer, with a was silencer. Pretty, pretty fucking badass. <laughs> Which I didn't even think existed. And he's just, it's just like, sounds like a charged shot and it goes off. It's like, good God, dude. So yeah, that's my choice. Excellent, excellent choice. We'll go to our guest now. Oh, thank you, Marco. Putting you on the spot again, John. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with uh, Christoph Waltz as Colonel Hans Landa. In uh, in Glorious Bastards. I need your house to be thoroughly searched before I can officially cross your family's name off my list. And if there are any irregularities to be found, rest assured they will be. That is unless you have something to tell me that makes the conducting of a search unnecessary. I might add also that any information that makes the performance of my duty easier 
will not be met with punishment. Actually, quite the contrary. It will be met with reward. And that reward will be your family will cease to be harassed in any way by the German military during the rest of our occupation of your country. Overall, just as a villain, he's he's amazing. He's creepy. He's cringy. I love the word cringy. I mean, as I was watching him in that entire movie, every time... It's a he, scene stealer, definitely. Oh, definitely. I mean, every moment... It, he was eating. Yeah. And it was like, you just felt uncomfortable in the theater. He's charismatic as fuck, too. Like, yeah, no, which totally. adds to the creepiness. <laughs> oh, he's like, totally. Where are you from again? <laughs> that scene where he's yeah. in the thing. Oh, uh, where he's eating the strudel. Yeah. And he's, and he's yeah. just talking to the girl. Every time he says strudel, he's like, strudel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're just like focusing on his lip smacking, and it's just making, like, you squirm in your chair. And you. By the end of the movie, you're like, I want him to die so bad. Right. And that's and that's what like brings about a great villain. Like you you actually have hate for him. And you're not yeah. just watching the movie thinking like, Oh, okay, he's the bad guy. I hope something. But he's happens. he's also a character that it's so easy to like him though. By the way, both of these characters, the ones we've mentioned so far, won Academy Awards too, by the way. Yeah. You wouldn't want to like him. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's oh, it, no, he's, he's, he's interesting. Yeah. I think he's very interesting because the whole time he has these conversations with these people. He's hunting down or about to kill, and he again. It's that that calm creepiness. It, where it's he's the emotionless just, face yeah. of just like you know he is just pure evil. You don't even have to. Yeah, like, in the beginning, he, he has it. the dialogue in the beginning where he's talking to the farmer, and he knows oh, yeah. he knows the Jewish people are, are hiding underneath him. He's very yeah. surgical about it. It's like it's like a oh. prey playing with his food, and that's oh, that's exactly. kind of how like he's a cat doing. And mouse. Yeah, he's just kind of like playing with it because he knows he's got them dead to rights and. And he knows that they know that he's got him dead to rights, and yeah. it's just that dynamic that works. And and you know the um, I I don't want to say hero, but Brad Pitt is in that film. He's a protagonist, yeah. yeah. And and you know Freaking with badass. every protagonist is a great villain, and I think it just it just works well because every scene in which he's there, you know something evil is going to happen. You know something cringy. You know, I mean, it's not just a li- five minutes, and you're like, oh, okay, well, back to the hero. Yeah. So. Um, it's a long movie too, and he the pacing of his character. It, I don't think it ever wears out, truthfully. No. And every scene you see him, even in near the end where he's at the opera and he's he's asking the girl how she got injured. Even then, it's just like he still like kind of knows what's going on. He's, oh, he's always on. Yeah, yeah he's always then, on. Marco said, "Cat and mouse." I mean, even then, like when he's like touching her cast and everything, you know what's yeah. gonna happen. He's like, "Where does it hurt?" Yeah, he's uh, every scene he's in, it's just like an oh shit moment. You're like, oh exactly. shit, it's gonna exactly. go down. It's just gonna go down. So and then, I mean, obviously, villain. How does he fit in? He's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's damn a, Nazi. Yeah, so. kills a lot of people in this one, or it's the cause of a lot of people dying. It it just shows how uh, cold and cruel they were, in which this guy was just the epitome of that. Where yeah. he just treated it like it was just nothing. Like it's like oh, just it's just my job. job. I gotta do it. Just Sorry, job. like taking out the garbage. Not exactly. you know, not to say what he was doing is, was right. I'm just saying that that's how they treated him. That's what made him yeah, and even though dangerous Inglor- and creepy. Yeah, and even though Inglorious Bastards uh, really glorifies a lot of this um, action and whatnot. I mean, I think they go spot on with how creepy the Nazi movement was and how just methodical they were what their, their mentality yeah. was how dangerous oh it was it's yeah I, I gotta say very yeah creepy villain i mean because people like that existed with both these villains they could that's what makes them even scarier is that either one of them sugar or uh, uh landa could exist in our world yeah. and that's oh yeah definitely scarier. uh what about you marco mine is kind of a throwback i decided to choose 
Hans Gruber from the 1988 action movie Die Hard. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further... Oh, I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. Wax Tony and Marco and his friend here, I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. How does he know so much about this? That's very kind of you. As you are our mysterious party crasher, you are most troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Uh, he was played by the late Alan Rickman, Good who just did a phenomenal job with uh, the villain Hans Gruber. And I saw Die Hard as a young kid. As you know, I saw a lot of violent movies when I was a kid. I, I'm normal though. I swear. It was the late '80s, early '90s, baby. Yeah, it, it, it was, was weird. only considered PG-13. Come on, back man. In the day. Like, like I said, my family loved movies. Okay, I watched these. Freaking movies with them, and we had a blast. And my parents told me, "Hey, look, it's not real. They're a bunch of fucking actors and special effects." So, hey, like that, yeah. Come on, think about it. That guy, he's like Alan Rickman. That's Professor Snape, <laughs> right? Ooh. But I first, I was introduced to him as Hans Gruber, and for me, he's the definitive villain because he's one of the strongest and best villains that I've seen in a regular movie that wasn't like an alien or from a superhero movie. So just seeing his performance and how, again, very calm and calculative he was throughout the entire movie as he's going up against uh, Detective John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, the guy like really never loses his cool and just always felt and gave the presence that he's in control. Like, no matter what you said or did, he just gave that aura. And I thought that that was just so fucking cool that this guy, without really being physically daunting... No, not at all. He was just so freaking dangerous. Was it the German accent, though? You know what? That fucking accent, though. The accent's pretty bad, though. The accent was pretty (laughs) bad. It actually comes in and out because he is not German. No. He's not. And sometimes he actually sounds like he's British again. Like, that doesn't make sense. You know, it was kind of confusing because in the third movie, spoiler alert, he has a brother named Simon who does have a thick German accent. And and I'm like, wait a minute. But I was like, his brother was like British, though. (laughs) So I'm kind of confused. He went back. Okay. So he does, like, Hans Gruber does get a, a, like, a minus point for that. But you know what? His overall presence and his plan. I think it definitely makes up for it. The, the whole time how he's just toying with the police as he's holding the Nagatami Tower hostage is just great because he's just feeding him a bunch of uh, like bullshit information. He makes the whole like heist at Nagatami, Nagatomi Tower look like it's a whole uh, terrorist attack and he's trying to liberate other terrorist leaders around the world and making this political statement. When in reality, he's just trying to steal a bunch of fucking money. Yeah, it's like just a bunch money. of bearer bonds. Is what he's, money, yeah, six hundred fucking million dollars is, is really his end game. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do. And inflation. And at the same yeah, and at the same time, he's willing to kill just like anyone. And yeah. he, he just it's like a Christmas at, party. For yeah, sake. yeah. At, during Christmas, at, just like Landa, where he's where he's talking to people and he's sort of like giving them a choice. Either way, they're going to die, most likely. But he's still giving them a choice. Like, he gives um, the uh, the boss at the beginning a choice to either give the, the, the code or not. 
And then he's just like, well, I'm just going to come fucking kill you anyway. And he does it just like so naturally without even flinching. I would say he's not as charismatic as um, Christoph Watts' character if we're comparing the two as just right. characters. But he he's just so, he's smart and he's able to keep up with wits with Detective John McClane. Yeah. The way he tricked him with hiding his accent and acting like as if he was an, uh, an American yeah. who's part of the hostage. He's just really quick on his feet. Um and he's like, as a kid, I never saw that his master plan was to make it look like they blew everything up in the building and escaped. Yeah, actually, same thing. I didn't understand that too until I rewatched it a couple years ago. Yeah, I think I was he, like, like, oh, the plot makes more. Yeah, sense. Yeah, one of his fav- famous quotes is, "If you steal six hundred dollars, you can disappear. When you steal six hundred million, that's a different story." Yeah. I always liked that quote. I'm probably botching it right now, but I just I like when that, he's like. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. I have a machine gun now. <laughs> yeah. But he says it so like fucking oh, Alan Rickman. <laughs> or when he mocks uh, uh, Detective John McClane and he's like, yippee motherfucker. And yeah. wow, that's that's a really bad impression. <laughs> Is that Japanese? <laughs> yeah. Is that Japanese? <laughs> I'm not too sure. Uh, it's a Mr. <laughs> Mr. Willis not come back. Okay, that, I can't do oh, accents, weirious, okay? Weirious. I can't do accents. But I like that he mocks him. And fun fact, that's actually the last line he speaks before he dies. With that CG screen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, come on. He had a really cool death, too. Spoiler alert. Which is I, uh, uh, brought up again in the third movie, by the way. Yeah, there's a really good callback. Spoiler. But it's it, my my brother and I as kids, we used to play out that, that death scene in the monkey bars like all the time because we thought it was just like... So cool. I was like, dang, he just falls like that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, who, who, who did the falling? Yeah. <laughs> Probably had bark all over you. Uh, yeah, you know, it was me. I was this guy right here. I was the younger brother. So it's like, Smart. oh, you're the bad guy that dies. No, but uh, overall, I think he's a, a great villain. His brother, Simon, in the third one does okay. But I, I don't think that the Die Hard series has had as strong or good a villain as Hans Gruber. And I just classic. Yeah. I just think that like overall, when I think back to all the movies I've seen that have had bad guys, uh, he's definitely, uh, either my number one or definitely my, my top five list. So check out Die Hard If you like action movies from the late eighties, it's classic. Yeah. So that's mine. Um, so now we'll go into an honorable mention because again, thinking about this topic, it's hard to just kind of pinpoint one specific villain that you can call your absolute favorite. Maybe you can. I know that I can't really. So I thought that maybe we'd go into some honorable mentions, uh, a villain that you that almost made your top list, but you couldn't quite fit him in So or her in. So let's go uh, back to James. And who's your honorable mention? Yeah, uh, my honorable mention is John's uh, number one, actually. So Colonel Hans Landa, played by Christoph Waltz. Just going off of what I've already said, Christoph Waltz is amazing in this one. First movie, by the way, I ever saw Christoph Waltz in, by the way. You know what? Quentin Tarantino kind of discovered this fool. I want to say same. Yeah, and then of course you know he won for this and Django Unchained right afterwards. So I mean that's what it's like catapulted his career. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, for those two, um, I really liked it. He's a menacing character. He's one of those calculated people that comes off as a a gentleman, but he's actually you know a psychopath. So yeah, I like it. I agree. Good one. Awesome. What about you, John? All right, guys. I got a uh, I got a pair of villains. Actually, it's the uh, Sticky Wet Bandits oh, from Home it. Alone, <laughs> oh, nineteen ninety. We have Harry and Marv, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. These guys are great in this movie. Uh, childhood favorite. 
I mean, two burglars trying to break in a house. Hilarity ensues and just have to say it's a childhood favorite. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Home Alone was definitely one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. And it definitely made me fear burglars. So whenever Same I hear a little bit. Yeah. Whenever I'd hear it, it made me think there are they really that dumb, though? Because you know what? Me and Marco just talked about this. I guess a lot of people don't leave their kids at home anymore. No. Or was that uh-uh. even pretty it's, irresponsible it's a 90s, back it's in a the 90s. 90s? It's a 90s thing. A, a child upbringing was a lot different in the 90s. Hence me watching a lot of fucked up shit that I probably shouldn't have watched. Now, so I remember kid, John, hey, I me, and like our sister would watch us. And I guess people don't do that nowadays. I think yeah. it was like legal age is over 12. I know damn legal age. Yeah. <laughs> is really there? It's, it's 18 or bust, man. It's 18 <laughs> or bust, dude. Because, I mean, it scared me as a kid, especially. You know what actually scared me more in that movie? I know this is a bit of a sidetrack. Was the fucking old guy for some reason. That you know, he was pretty fucking scary. In that furnace. The yeah. homeless guy? Why did I think the fir- No, he's his neighbor, actually, dude. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just recently rewatched this. Uh, you don't notice how dumb fucking Harry and Marv are, by the way. It's the Sticky Whip Bandits, bro. They are so stupid. No, I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's, they try everything so slow. It's crazy how they were able to have a cop uniform, but yet they fuck <laughs> you know up what? their entire As plan. As a kid, I didn't realize that was him in the beginning. Like, he's scoping the houses out, pretending to be a cop. Yeah, he goes to the van directly after that, James. I, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of movie things that, as a kid, you just... I mean, I, we probably fast-forwarded it just to the parts where they're falling on trash that's, a lot. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, back then you would just burn... I mean, yeah, Well, you don't I care don't about the setup. It's, it's the cop hat, right? Yeah. I was, it confused me, Something. Too. I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. Well, you don't care like, about well, the setup of, like, I love when, how the drama's gonna go. I love when uh, Kevin's walking back, though, from the grocery store with those bags, and they fucking rip open. <laughs> <laughs> I know, totally sidetracked, but it yeah, just had but a break. You know what? It's it's a good honorable mention or honorable mentions. I I like that. What I about like you, it. Marco? Uh, mine is from the 1994 crime drama *Leon the Professional*, and that is Norman Stansfield, played by Gary Oldman. Solid role. He is the uh, corrupt cop that is chasing after uh, Leon the assassin, and. I thought Gary Oldman nailed that fucking role. He's just, he's the opposite he's so of Hans Gruber crazy. to where he's just explosive. And I, I love the scene where he, he tells the cop, bring everyone. And the guy asked everyone. And then he just yells out everyone. 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 Dude, when you take that shotgun and he's walking through that building, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's just a complete he's a psycho freaking off the rails psycho. Yeah. And it's it's just so great. He plays it so well. He's like coked out throughout the yeah, entire he's, fucking he's movie. On one. And it, it, Gary Oldman is just so good at immersing himself into he, characters. It's that, so hard because it's hard. To, I don't have we ever seen how Gary Oldman really is because he's always a character in every one of his movies. Yeah, because right after this, didn't he do Bram Stoker's Dracula? I think no, that was before. It was this. right before he did this, and then he did the um, Fifth Element. I think. Yeah, also a Luc Besson he's movie. Way over the top on all of them, dude. Yeah, I I was just kind of like thrown back at how he could be so like multi-dimensional with like these two characters and yeah actually he almost made my top list too yeah good choice zorg yeah but i was like you know what nah norman stansfield he's he's fucking psycho and sometimes that explosiveness works as like uh, an antagonist so yeah that's fine okay guys let's move on to our review now of the vault get out Safety deposit vault. Let's go. 
for money. It's down below. That's where the real money is. In the old vault. No, it's a private vault. Antiquated. It's off the grid. So, the vault, let me give you a little description here, guys. Two estranged sisters are forced to rob a bank in order to save their brother, but this is no ordinary bank. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving eyes over here. <laughs> this is directed by Dan Bush. It stars James Franco as Ed, Scott Hayes as Michael Dillon, Taryn Manning as V. Dillon, Francesca Eastwood as Leia Dillon, Corianka Kilcher as Susan Cromwell, and Clifton Collins Jr. as Detective Tom Iger. Can, can I just say, do, do any of these characters even really fucking matter? That summary didn't One even, of them, kind of. That summary is not even on, on point, man. Yeah, I was like, hold on here, guys. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Marco, yeah. yay or nay? I want to say that's a fucking hard no. Wow, man. We it's two bombs in a row, boys. It, it's, <laughs> man, it was so hard for me to watch this this movie. And th it didn't help that I was watching it late at night. Again, sleeping issues. Can't help it. But um, Take that sequel. 30 fucking minutes into this movie. Actually, not even 15 minutes into this movie. And I'm, that I'm long, looking huh? at my at, at the timer. I'm like, how much longer do I have of this bullshit? I legit almost wanted to go up to the 20-minute mark and say I'm Wikipediaing the worth, the rest. Because I don't know how <laughs> But we would longer. never do that. We'd always want to give you guys no, a yeah, full review. I, I didn't. I, I did it. I ended up watching this whole fucking dumpster fire straight through and i regretted the whole thing so okay. that's what i thought uh, yeah. what about you john well uh I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys i watched this at seven o'clock this morning and uh not had it on my laptop i'm sorry setting. had it uh you know watched it through netflix and um I, I say about five minutes in i decided to transfer it over to my phone so i could do other shit while watching it <laughs> that's how bad it was okay. so i'm gonna say nay how about you james um, it's a nay. I probably watch it the best way out of anyone here, I guess. I saw it on 4K. <laughs> no, this is not in 4K. Honestly, I don't think that would have done it anymore. I, I had it with like volume all the way up in a dark room because I guess, I guess it's a horror film, which yeah, it is. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But, um, J James and I did something interesting too. I don't know if John did this, but we I didn't went see in a trailer. Blind. Yeah. yeah, we went in blind. And it's, yeah. it's fun to do that. I know one of my one of my buddies keeps telling me to, to to do that more, and I'm trying to. It's so hard. But for this one, I was like, you know what? Whatever we choose out of the list of movies we had, I'm going in blind. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I we would. went in blind. It it can it can be beneficial and not beneficial. But actually, I guess we should watch the trailer afterwards to see, like, would this have probably swayed our opinion of seeing this? I forgot to do that. Um, I was going to do that, and I no, forgot. You know, okay, so you know what? I went in blind. I always go in blind unless I'm spending money on a movie. So, that's I mean, yeah, that, that's just the honest to God truth. Because truthfully, the description sounded like it'd be pretty decent. So. I only read the description you have on our outline. And yeah. um, well, the, the, I, I, I didn't even do that. I just, really? Yeah. Oh, I wow. just went in fully blind. Jesus. Okay. And I, the, the first 15 minutes is great. That's it. Okay. I'd say five. So question then, Marco, did anything work in this movie for you? Uh, yeah. The flashback. Okay. I thought the flashback was far more interesting, and I kept wondering why wasn't that the movie? Because yeah, just that, to no, give that everybody, was far more interesting. Because the yeah. just to give everyone a uh, kind of a heads up here to help you with the description of what's going on, because the description from IMDb is pretty vague. Basically, this these two sisters and their brother are robbing a bank, and the, when they're about to leave, because they only find a certain amount of money. They, I guess their brother. By the by the way, it says they need to save their brother. 
however their brother's I mean, they're saving also him from helping like them issue because he yeah. he owes he owes money he owes money for some we don't know to who we don't know why we so, don't who gives a shit <laughs> yeah we don't find out so basically they find out by the assistant bank manager played by james franco that there is a vault underneath the bank that has a lot more but nobody has access to it they break in and which should have been red flag number one by the way yes basically i worked at a bank we'll for talk like about years. it we'll talk about it in spoilers something happens when that goes down basically so yeah so i'm sorry marco i cut you off a bit there. no no that's fine um because i was just going to continue to trash this movie even more yeah like i just Absolutely. man i i just it was a struggle to get through this but oh yeah i do say i or i do think that the, the flashback was interesting i wanted to see more of that and i think that I'll keep saying it. That should have been the story because everything else, none of these, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't care about, <laughs> even James Franco, I was surprised. I'm like, why did you take this role, man? Like, like, are you doing someone a favor? Does he know this guy? Like, yeah. not, like, none of these characters, I don't care about them. So what? what is yeah. the point of the consequences of these actions? I felt the horror reveal was so trashy and so like out of left field and even still like, it wasn't scary to me. We'll talk I about was, more spoilers on that one. Yeah, I was just like, who cares? Can we just get this over with? The uh, the <laughs> the cop who uh, disappears oh, the for like thirty yeah. minutes or more after he well, who has an alcohol problem? Well, yeah, that, that that is never brought up again. Okay, it, it's hinted at too. Never right? like, brought well, up again. You know. But he but immediately after the the bank pretty, gets robbed, pretty sure one he of looks, sisters has a meth problem. Yeah, he looks. <laughs> <laughs> That's only he did that. He looks at his partner. The cop looks at his partner and says, "I'm gonna go check it out." Then okay, nothing. okay, Mark, Mark, Marco about him. He says, "Let me go check it out." But yet they rely on the phone call. Without getting the spoilers, they rely on the phone call though. Yeah, we'll talk about it more. I mean, because yeah. there's a fire that they started down the street, and the other guy's like, "I got to check out the fire." You check this out, and da, da, da. which is poorly established. Oh, it's it's. I had to piece it together through yeah, Wikipedia, I, this yeah. and notes. I was just <laughs> like, "What? What? Like, what the fuck is going on I was here?" Confused. I was confused. Uh, it, so, just I know we'll go we'll go ham on this boy. John, <laughs> uh, did, was there anything that worked for you on this one? Yeah, the uh, first five minutes. Um, including the intro, because the intro was part of the flashbacks. Yeah, um, it actually was. It you know, was, I, I thought that was going to be the movie, and I was like, oh man, they're showing the events of the movie? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and it was gory, it was mysterious, it was, you know, everything that you're like, okay, this is what the vault's going to be, and that first five minutes, everything's happening, like the normal um, day-to-day activities of the bank. Yep. And you're seeing it, and things are getting set up. That's when you see the detective adding a little. First of all, yeah. he walked in with a cup of coffee to add the liquor at the bank. <laughs> a little on the nose there. Yeah. So, so you could have done that in the car or right outside. <laughs> or, or maybe the coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 but I was like, okay, maybe it's setting up for something good, right? Like it, it got me all amped up and everything. The and, tension uh, was good because you, d- you didn't know who was in on it or who wasn't. Exactly. Like everyone was suspect. I mean, you yeah, kind of... No, no. You, the tension was high and that was the first yeah. five minutes right when the bank robbery started. I said, oh, fuck. <laughs> Let me switch this over to my phone, boys. Uh, <laughs> up, up until the bank robbery, it was still good. And then... No, dude, you can't even say that. That bank okay, robbery. Yeah. Right, I mean, yeah, the, was, how everything went so down. so fucking haphazard. She turns around and no spoiler here. She turns around and hits the security guard. Yeah, that was kind of bullshit. Well, and then when a meth head attacks you guys, 
Oh, she's being loud in bank, but, and you know, like it's but, um, but she's being loud. Bank at, robbery 101. That's she, to she's distract being loud everybody. At the bank, but there's a security guard there, and there's a cop in the bank. I'll tell. I'll tell you what else didn't work. Yeah, I'll tell you what else didn't work. I worked at a bank for four years. You're trained to do whatever the fuck they say. So any hesitation or them trying to talk the criminals out of it. That's not how that shit would play out. I would gladly give the fucker the keys, the code, whatever the fuck he wanted, because they would tell you, your the, life is not worth were, the money. Yeah, they were treating yeah. it like it was their money. Yeah, like, I like was, was like, dude, give them everything. Assume they fucking yeah. know. And they were like, uh, no, no, I don't want... It's like, it's not your money. Just go ahead and give it to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. I would I would not hesitate once. to be like, what do you want? It's yours. All right, guys. Yeah. What about you, James? Um, so for me here, actually, I will say this much. The horror aspect of it, aspect of it actually did work for me. Is that because you're a scaredy cat, though? N- no, not at all. I mean, have you seen what I've been watching lately? So, mm. <laughs> mm. You but did I mean, mention that at the, the I did watch it pod. once again, mm. I think in the right environment. Totally dark room, mm. volume up to 40. Um, pants off. <laughs> yeah, pants off. Like, James, yeah, please, yeah. please put him back on. Yeah. It was one of those things where those moments worked. I thought the antagonist of those sections actually did look pretty creepy. Okay, okay. I think you're absolutely right. I'm gonna have to jump in. Is that you're right? The creepiness aspect when it, once it got there was was great, yeah. but like Marco it, said, it's it only on it. that part for like five minutes though, and it switches back to the fucking. Uh, the bank robbery, which I was like, oh man, the bank yeah. robbery is like creepy. the least of this goddamn creepy plot. portions yeah. of the movie. Maybe total ten minutes tops. And I mean, those are the parts that worked for me. I thought if they had focused on the backstory of it, plus that, it would have been a way better movie. Maybe, Absolutely. maybe if they would have established the the they established of the vault. To, yeah, they yeah. they established it like. Thirty minutes before the movie it, ends, I'm it like, easily really? could have. Yep, they easily yep. could have fit in a scene where someone goes down to the vault. They hear some creepy shit or something yeah, like we that. We hear about and it, then the, yeah, and then they the go back. The exposition is that someone tells them a story about it. Like, so, uh, yeah, wait, so not the best approach. He does tell her at the beginning why the three tellers quit and they have three openings. I mean, it's a it's they a hit, yeah, which is a poorly it. done. I did like the last section of the movie where. They're getting interviewed at the end. I thought that was actually well done because that's a better way of like showing something than directly telling me. That was part of the three endings, though. Yeah, it was. No, James, I would have enjoyed that. It had the acting and performances been better. I mean, I'm I'm trying to make the most out of it from what we saw, though. The, that aspect of it worked for me to a point. I'm not saying it's perfect, right? Okay. I'm just saying what worked for me in this movie. And then on top of that, yeah, the ending's a shocker, but it generally kind of did make me jump. And I will say this much: this was better than the Nun. If I had a choice between this movie and uh, the Nun, I think I would fucking cry. <laughs> I mean, if you had to, I uh, th- overall at least this one went somewhere. You, with you. Uh, give me, I, give I me a watched. bottle of some strong whiskey. <laughs> I haven't watched the Maybe. Nun, but I will say this Maybe. one at least had some. Creepy portions in it. Yeah, as opposed to and no the, creepy portions. The thrill. There was a thrill portion of this of like, you know. I agree. High audio. Fre- Frenchy, square. man. Yeah. Fr- Frenchy did it for me. So I, That's, I, guess. I hate to say this, but I I think I'd go on the nun side. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah. Because at least it was. Bold, bold at least I, I don't know. At least I know that it's I would have fun with it. 
Get out of here. Question mark. We're look at this. We're trying to polish two pieces of shit here. Oh god. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and uh, again, it'd have to be some really strong shit I'd be drinking. Okay, so let me jump right into it then here, guys. Jump into the spoiler section because we, we want to talk about more of it, obviously. So if you don't want to hear about what really happens, as you already know, it's not much, but hey, if you want to check it out still afterwards, skip ahead to our outro. You'll see it on our time on the uh, description of the podcast. Stop listening to us. All right, so back from the spoiler section here. Let's start with John. So was, I mean, we already talked about anything working would be, quote unquote, the best. So what what is the absolute worst part of the movie for you? Worst Outside part. of the entire movie. but Okay, I mean, worst part would have to be the acting. Absolutely. I, yeah, um, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's pretty bad. So also so the plot the going all over the place. What's that? The plot? Yes. Uh, I mean, it can't quite it was, decide. So it was just like a, you said, though. Sorry, with like even the detective coming in. Yeah, there's so. I mean, there's a lot of plot holes. If things introduce the um, estrangeness between the two sisters and the brother. Uh, okay, so I was going to touch on that family drama, thriller, horror. What was it? It's a tug of war of everything. It's like, a you don't horror, know where it's, it's a horror. Going. It's a lightweight horror film. I, I, I mean, would it's say. A, I know, I know the. That's what it's supposed it to be. Definitely yeah. a horror, yeah. but yeah. no way you could tell me. I mean, there was literally a stop. What's happening? A dude downstairs just died. Why aren't you home with us? Crying moment of sister to sister, and it was like, what? <laughs> I'll, I'll touch on that in a minute. After, <laughs> yeah, and uh, that the acting. Um, take James Franco out of there. I think everyone would be on par. Add James Franco makes everyone look like shit, and it makes it look like Which, it's a, and and that's not saying much, John, because even James Franco like, and it's not his fault. He was doing the best he could with this it, with the shitty script. Kind of phoned it in. Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely literally. Was, if you know what I mean. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Zing. So Zing. no. Um. I mean, that's I a zinger. It's definitely not his best acting, but. Just you could just tell. He's definitely by, the most interesting person in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. For and a then, person that's um, a ghost, and only maybe it's because right? I know who he is and whatnot. But every time he's on the screen, he's a scene stealer. Um, you. It's because we know he's done better. That's exactly. Why. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, I wish once again, I wish it was just focused on that 1982 robbery. Because yeah. as soon as they had the flashback scene where the dudes making people kill each other, I was like, I'd much rather see more of this. It would have been better had James Franco been the guy in the mask the whole time, and he was hunting everyone uh, down. That would have fucked me up. Like, that would oh, have been pretty absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Like, I think, yeah. like, oh, okay, I guess maybe that would, you know, make me they, give it. Don't they kind of hint they at did, it? They, more so, credit. Okay, so they did what? so much. They almost much. hint at it, like, it might be him. Because, uh, like, they, they never saw almost. his face. He got away. Yep. I'm like, yeah. is it so, him? And it's they ruin it because, the, you know. And the fucking face mask like, guy. Just, <laughs> no, so my one thing <laughs> is that they didn't, they added so much in so little time. Yes. And it was like, if you just toned down and actually just did 110% of what, you know, couple three things. All right, that's awesome. But they added so much like drama and thriller and like, oh, there's hostages. Oh, they're gonna die. Oh, now there's monsters downstairs. Yep. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's just too much. What about you, James? Yeah. Just getting into it. Um, there's really no like best part outside of. I actually do like the scene at the end where James Franco is calling because it's like, oh, if the tone was like this, we would have a good movie. last ten minutes. Yeah. Honestly, a, a decent film. Um, the worst part. Debatable. <laughs> I think it's it's got to be it's there's a lot of confusion in the middle of that movie too. Outside, I know there's technically a lot in the whole movie, but the fact that the detective shows up 
and <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of missing sense for half at all. the movie. Like he shows back up and we don't get another perspective from him outside of like, oh, that's impossible at the, you know, cause you find out James Franco's a ghost. It just like the detective part seemed like he was supposed to be a bigger character maybe. And it just, he just kind of shows up during a hostage situation. <laughs> for, did, hey. did the cops even need to be there? Okay, and so, when the so, one oh, wait, bit, so he's a detective, but yet he's a hostage negoci- negotiator. I mean, I'm, who's an alcoholic, by the way. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make it doesn't correlate at all. Well, I mean, there's even a scene where they're shooting at the people, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't just be shooting. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, and it's it like, and she's they, like, they what happened? To, she's like, they shot at me. Yeah, they, they try to glance over <laughs> it. No, same. no, she says the window blow. She didn't even know it was yeah. a fucking oh, yeah. gunshot. I mean, like, she's so high on meth that it's like. I don't know what's going on, guys. She's doing that. She's licking her gums. Okay, okay. Her last name is Manning. She honestly reminded me of Eli Manning during the interview. Fuck. Sorry, New York Giants fans. She's like, sorry, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. The Uh, whole time, talk about someone sweating the entire movie. But we gotta save Michael. (laughs) For for me, I gotta say. The worst part was probably I think John mentioned this the family drama bullshit. Absolutely, and it just doesn't work. It's like uh, okay, dude, it's more annoying. The than worst fucking... scene is when Taron Manning V is just going, "Are you gonna leave? <laughs> You're leaving. <laughs> You're just gonna leave. Is he leaving? Are you leaving too? I'm like, she says leaving say like seven times. Leaving. Okay, one more time. But, but she by far every time she spoke. It was like slow meth head, almost like it made everything. <laughs> that might same, they might that as well shown her, her smoke it. So yeah, we can all agree they, she's she's probably easily the worst. Actress. No, 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 no. The guy, no. the brother. Oh my god! Uh, I actually, the I, guy, the guy looked like he was reading the lines out of his fucking phone. <laughs> I was like, Jesus! This where'd they grab this guy? Seriously, uh, Corianka killed her. <laughs> I mean. Absolutely. Uh, if she, if she tried to negotiate scene. with the fucking that whole bathroom the guys scene, one more time, yeah, the whole like, bathroom scene could you. have uh, been the, just edited the, out. The bathroom scene in which she has to use the restroom and she's trying to gain common ground, with, and uh, she Michael, calls him a good person, and she's 50 like times. fake crying. I mean, is it? It was a, a really person, poor way to same. try to show you that Michael's like a. a Quote, a poor, a poor decent, actor. Yeah. I mean, a decent guy. <laughs> but, but it just yeah. doesn't work. It just it's 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 all over the place. It um it shows the whole scene could have been deleted from there, man. I mean, not that it fucking matters. It's just the the whole dynamics I, between each of the, between all the actors was just it was horribly done. And yeah. again, the family drama was just fucking bullshit. Yeah. It was un unnecessary. Yeah, close close second was definitely uh V. That was absolutely terrible. Oh, every and, moment she was on the screen. Uh, what about her her sister Leah? I believe was her name. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Clint Eastwood's daughter. Uh, could yeah. she do another slow shoulder turn one more time? She did a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of fierce eyes. Oh yeah, a lot of yeah. fierce eyes. A lot of fierce eyes. Like like I want to do something and I'm gonna kick some ass. Never kicked ass. Never kicked ass. Nope. And she when she was yelling, she's like, "Tell me what's going on." Uh, with the light bulb. <laughs> She broke it. I was like, 120 volts, and it's not. It's gonna hurt. And, and I, was I like, was like, you didn't do, do it. shit. Do it. Yeah, I, that was terrible. Do terrible. It. Yeah. Okay, guys. So let's. We're gonna stop now on this one. Uh, I think we've put, ran it through the dirt put your, enough. Put your knife away, so, James. Um, yeah. Overall, not a movie we'd recommend. Uh, another two movies in a row now without the movie pal seal of approval. Don't see this one. Not a recommendation. 
Nope. And with that, that is the end of our podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. Um, thanks for all the feedback, response, and reviews. We have a lot of um, people giving us feedback on things lately as well, and even engaging us on Facebook posts. Thank you for that. Just want to say a quick thank you for having me, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, of and course, once man. again, thank, thank you, uh, John, for coming. Yeah, man. We welcome you. We hope to have many more guests in the coming episodes. So yeah. You're only our second guest. So, you know, uh, let us know as well what you think about John, if you like him, if you want him to come back. Don't be too um, harsh. Yeah. Marco, how do uh, people reach us? Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash moviepalspod, or tweet at us at moviepalspod. You can leave us feedback there, give us reviews. If you are interested or know someone who would be interested in being a guest, you can uh, send us a message there as well. Uh, or any other movie recommendations, we we definitely appreciate that. Uh, we also appreciate the feedback and the interactions we have with you guys on social media. So keep that up too. And we'll catch you later. All right. And on our next pod, uh, we will have the return of Nabil. So we will be reviewing the new Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga film, A Star is Born. Until then, this is James. And Marco. And John. Have a good one.